Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. The number to leave a voicemail is 1-888-844-GROW. That's 1-888-844-4769. Long-distance charges may apply. Dial now to call me, connect, share your personal story of how my interviews have helped, or share your current challenges and frustrations so I can connect you with an appropriate course, coach, or help you if you connect. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we're here to speak with David Medansky, a retired divorce attorney who is an international best-selling author and a trusted authority for successful, healthy weight reduction. In July 2016, his doctor told him to lose weight or find another physician because he didn't want David dying of a heart attack on his watch. Within four months, Medansky dropped 50 pounds. He wrote about his inspirational weight reduction journey in his book, Discover Your Thinner Self, and he has recently released his new book, If Not Now, When? Today, people hire him to create their thinner selves because diets tend to be trendy, temporary, and hard to stick to. Medansky teaches them to feel better by eating healthier and stop losing the same 10 pounds over and over and over. And the bottom line is Medansky's clients improve their health and love what they see in the mirror. And I've asked him to join us here today so we could talk about this growing kind of epidemic in the world and some of the the key habits, rituals, disciplines required for us to uh, overcome it. So, David, thank you so much for joining us, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Daryl. Yeah, it's an interesting topic because I've been traveling the world a lot the last few, I mean, my whole life, but even the last few years, I've been around Asia a lot, and I see some major differences between, you know, North America, or at least even our Western countries, and then, of course, some of these Asian countries. And then you can also see some of the trends emerging where they're becoming more Westernized and more developed. And it's kind of alarming the rate of of the decay of our health, uh, that life expectancy, I think, is declining right now. You know, like, it's just, it's, it's an interesting place and time to be in the world. And so it's a good time to have an expert like you on the phone here. But, I mean, can, before we get into this, let's talk a little bit about your background. This is a call that sounds like mostly about health. Have you always struggled with health issues? Is this something that just kind of came up in 2016? Or were you health conscious even when you were younger? I was always health conscious when I was younger. When I was in my 20s and 30s, I was thin and fit and exercise and watch what I ate. But like most of us, life gets in the way. And before I knew it, the weight crept up on me. I then reduced the weight. And a few years later, again, reverted back to old habits and started indulging in fast foods and stopped exercising. And before I knew it, I had expanded my waistline and shot up to 220 pounds. So it was then that uh, after eight years of my doctor telling me you need to lose weight that he finally confronted me and said, hey, dude, based on your lab work, you have a 95% chance for a heart attack. 
you need to lose the weight or find a new doctor because I'm not going to have you dying on my shift. That turned on the switch, and I lost 50 pounds during the next uh, four months. And based on that, I started looking at my books that I had from when I was in my you know younger age and from the 70s and 80s and started researching new books and found out there was a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of myths about weight reduction, how to do it healthy. I was a little frustrated because a lot of people were telling people you can reduce weight. Of course, you had to buy their product or their service to do it. And I knew there was a healthier better way to do it. And so I wrote the first book, Discover Your Thinner Self, to relay my journey along my weight reduction and my my story so people could relate to it. If I could do it, they could do it. And then about a year later, I realized I could do much more and research more and found more information I wanted to share with people. So that became the second book, If Not Now When, Reduce Weight, create a healthy lifestyle in 90 days. And it shows getting back to basics, things we all know what to do. We just don't do it. So can you speak, like, what is some of the misinformation out there? I I know for sure because I've had to sort through it. <clears throat> it's like some of the things you're raised on you find out are, are actually not real. What are some of the big things that you saw that were glaring myths that everyone took as common knowledge? The first one is if you reduce calories, and move more, you'll reduce weight. That is a myth because most people don't realize there are differences in healthy calories and empty calories. If you start drinking diet soda because it's zero calories, you will gain weight. And people always ask, well, how can I gain weight if it's zero calories? The problem with the diet soda is it contains aspartame. And aspartame has 92 known side effects, one of which is weight gain because your body is used to sweeter things. Also, when you deprive your body of proper nutrition, it goes into starvation mode. Another negative effect of aspartame is it inhibits your body or prevents it from absorbing vitamins, minerals, and nutrients. So again, your body is in starvation mode. It then fights to keep the weight on. Also, people without enough calories then start eating more carbohydrates and more sugary foods, more processed foods, instead of mm. eating healthier foods, more fruits, more vegetables, more so vegetables than fruits. I have mm. some clients that would eat, you know, two or three apples or a lot of, you know, other, you know, oranges. And I'm like, wait a minute, one is sufficient. <laughs> so that's a myth is, is that uh, it depends on carbohydrates is a myth. People think they need to eliminate carbohydrates. That's correct to an extent. There's a difference between a complex carbohydrate, which is healthy for you, a simple carbohydrate, and then a processed refined carbohydrate. The simple carbohydrate and the refined processed carbohydrates are not healthy for you. The donuts, the bagels, those are not healthy for you. Another myth is people think if they exercise more, they'll reduce weight. The problem with that is people tend to overestimate how many calories they burn and underestimate how many calories they actually consume. Mm. Plus, when you're exercising, you become hungrier, you eat more. Or if you're not eating enough calories, again, you're putting your body in starvation mode, which means it's fighting to keep the weight on. Mm. Exercise is great to get in shape and to get fit. 
the best way to reduce weight is to adjust your lifestyle and your eating habits to eat more plant-based foods. You can still eat your fish, your chicken, your meats. I'm just suggesting you eat more plant-based foods that are healthier, more of the whole grains, not the processed stuff. An interesting fact is in 1990s, the average grocery store in the United States had about 15,000 products. Today, it's over 50,000 products. Mm. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't heard that many new berries, fruits, or vegetables being yeah, discovered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's no blue celery at the grocery store all of a sudden. It's just the same old celery it's been for years. Yes, yet if you look at the grocery stores, it's all processed food. It's all manufactured. Mm-hmm. I no longer call it food. I call it food products. Mm. It shouldn't even be food. It's it's basically products, a lot of chemicals in there to extend the shelf life of these yep. products yeah, like that even, people are consuming even food. Chips. People think potato chips aren't that bad, and, and what they don't realize is it's not the potato chip. It's the chemicals they, bat, they bathe the potato chips in to prevent mold and fungus from growing when they're being shipped. So it's like that's the whole thing with organic. It's not that organic food is healthier because the food has more nutrients, it's what it doesn't have. It doesn't have the chemicals. It doesn't have the preservatives. It doesn't have that stuff because that, that's the stuff that's killing us. Like, that's what, I mean, if you just take the potato chip example, which is a recent one I discovered, a potato chips, maybe it's not that complicated, or maybe you get the healthy potato chips that are like root vegetables and stuff like that. Okay, so now you've picked a different type, and so what you're eating you think is healthy, but what you're not realizing is you're actually ingesting a ton of things like formaldehyde and these other chemicals that are not organic, that are not part of our diet, that are, you know, are, are they're just they're chemical adulterants. They're, they're chemicals that change the constitution somehow to in order to inhibit things from growing. And so it's like you're putting that in your system, right? Like it's a poison to bacteria and fungus, right? And that's why when you get the chips, they stay crispy and they don't get, they're not covered in fuzz when you get them. And that's why you can leave a bag well, of chips open overnight and that and then that's that's what makes you sick. Sorry, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Also, I was gonna say they call it the bliss point. It was a term coined by Howard Moskowitz, who was hired by the food industry for thirty years to optimize, scientifically engineer mm. your craving for food. So they yep. increased the craving and optimization for the sugar, salt, fat, and texture. When they say you can't eat just one, it's not a dare. It's a fact. Yeah. What it does, it turns your sensories off so your brain doesn't realize you're full, you're full, and then you continue to eat, and it's all the poisons and toxins, like you said, of the chemicals yeah. they're using. If people would re- read what's in the ingredients, not so much yeah, the nutrition fact label, but the ingredients, they would yeah. be shocked at what they're consuming. Yeah, because people, people kind of know it. They joke and they read and they go, I can't pronounce any of this stuff. But what they don't realize is that when you go to the grocery store, you don't have that with, with carrots. You don't have that with celery or broccoli or even the chicken. The chicken's just chicken. That's all. What's included? Chicken. Well, no. Like that's Let, what let's, talk, let's talk about the chicken. <laughs> Lately, chickens about? are being more grain-fed. And mm-hmm. Let's talk about eggs. People think when they get cage-free or range-free eggs that those are healthier for them. Even if they're organic, it's not. What you need to have is pasture eggs. If you read the carton, it will say right on there 
that the hens are grain fed. What that means is when it's grain fed is they're using corn and soy to feed the hens. Pasture eggs are different in that the hens are allowed to forage for their own food. So they eat Mm. the bugs, the worms, the grass, totally different. Mm. Some people may think they're gluten-free if they're eating eggs. Guarantee if they're not pasture eggs, they are not gluten free. Gluten free. <laughs> well, that speaks to something else, the food chain. I think that's important. That's even with farming right now. That's an issue where the farm the farmers are depleting the land of soil and composting's actually become a, a radical radical <laughs> way that they've been treating this issue because chemical fertilizers haven't been helping as much and it's it's like the soil's a living, breathing, organic thing. I and mean, you have to feed it. And the healthier soil you have, the healthier crop you have. And so that's where they're getting to say, like, are our foods becoming nutrient deficient because we're able to produce them, but, what you know, like they're running out of nutrients to tap from the soil and it kind of like input-output. So notice that with meat, that was a big thing. I was in the Philippines on this tiny little island called Palawan, and me and a couple of other buddies at the gym, we noticed a significant difference. And when we left North America, a couple of Americans, a couple of Canadians, I'm Canadian, and there's another guy. And we felt there was a big difference in, in the meat we were getting. Like we had trouble increasing, like before, if I was on a trajectory of increasing the weight I could lift every week, for example, it felt like it was like a steady path. But then when we changed and our diet changed, we felt it was not as steady or consistent as it had been before. And we think it's our personal theory. We don't have any facts behind it, but it's got to be some of the hormones. We were eating small rural island meat, like local meat, just, you know, like, it's non like non industrial farming processed meat, and so we think we're not getting a lot of the steroids and stuff that they put in that, and so as a result, we weren't having that same kind of kick that we were used to. And I've talked to some of my friends back home, and I know I, I know I'm more disciplined and I trained harder than them. I'm a big health and fitness guy, so I love the topic of this call. It shocks me how much people don't know some of this stuff because of it's you know what's more important than your life. Right, like if if you have a set of this, if there's a knowledge set that will allow you to live to be 80, 90, 100, and lacking that is going to limit your life to be 50 or 60, I would I would bet that that getting that information to people as soon as possible is one of the most important things to be on anyone's to do list for the day. But that's not what's happening. There's more money in sick people than in healthy ones. So it's this: what's what are we introducing to the food chain, right? And that's that's getting into our system. It's like plastic and fish. Some of these fish are eating so much plastic, it's in our diet now just because we're we're eating the fish. So it's super interesting when you talk about sourcing. Sourcing your foods is really important, and I, I fully agree with you. Most of the stuff people are eating, it's not a food product. It's like food companies are like drug dealers. They buy like a pound of cocaine, and they mix in a pound of baking soda, and then they have two pounds of product. And food companies are like that where they buy a bunch of food, and they mix in a bunch of non-food products, and they've got two, three, four, five times the bulk. And they sell it back to us. And it's just, it's crazy how that works, you know, and it's making people sick. Like there's, if you were to take a map of the world and look at where, you know, modern food companies have expanded their presence and their reach, and you were to watch chronic disease, you would, you'd almost think there's a causation because the correlation numbers would be so intact. And it's just shocking. There's tons of documentaries about this all over. So I love what you're saying. Diet is everything. I, actually, my hometown in Canada, Kingston, Ontario, there's a university there, Queen's University. They actually did a fairly conclusive study that exercise is a terrible way to lose weight. It's all diet. 
It's almost all diet. Correct. Now, being by exercising is a fantastic. It's like exercising upgrades your hardware. You get stronger bones and better ligaments, and you have like you know you you less muscle wasting, which is really important as you get older. Your brain. This is something that was really fascinating for me to discover is that movement is really part of life. When they look at animals that don't move, they have smaller brains. Pick any koala, so even like the creatures in the sea that just stick on some, a rock and just float there. If they don't move, they need less of a brain. And if you were to think about a car, it kind of makes sense. If you had a car and you were sitting in the car with your friend, but you were never going to drive anywhere, you probably wouldn't need headlights, you wouldn't need an engine, you wouldn't need a drive chain, you wouldn't need brakes, you wouldn't need exhaust, you wouldn't need a lot of this stuff. You wouldn't even need bumpers, right? You wouldn't need a dashboard because there's nothing really to monitor except for battery if you're listening to the radio. Like you wouldn't need windshield wipers, you wouldn't need all these things if there was no movement. And so by moving your animal and enhancing the animal and becoming more coordinated and having more optimized like cardiovascular systems and muscle systems and, and improved posture, which is the whole like philosophy behind chiro like why there's a chiropractic profession is that a misalignment of your structure can throw everything off, like the energy, whether you want to get into energy channels and that, but it's like improving your posture. These things improve your animal. They improve your brain. They improve your thinking. They improve your judgment. There's all sorts of studies that if you just do a 10-minute walk before you sit down and take a test, you're likely to perform better at the test than if you sat those 10 minutes because you're feeding your brain, you've moved, you've, you've woken everything up. So exercise is fantastic just for the health of the animal, because if you have a healthier animal, you're going to make healthier decisions in general. But if it, when it comes to specifically weight reduction, it's almost entirely diet. And Correct. Yeah. So I love this. Where, yeah, do, you, where do you see – oh, sorry. Here, I was just going to give out some more statistics people may not be aware. In the United States – 75% of the population are chronically dehydrated, oh. yet our bodies are 60% water, and more soda is sold than water. The other wow. fact is that 97% of the U.S. population suffers from lack of dietary fiber well, yep, because yep. they're not getting enough fruits and vegetables and whole grains. 97%, yep. which causes yep. a lot of problems with constipation, which causes other issues. And the health industry, which I call the disease industry, is benefiting from all these people going in for these issues that are all preventable just by making yep. simple changes to your lifestyle and eating habits. Yeah, just get off the couch and get off the carbs. You know, get off, get off the boxed food. If it has a food label on it, it's not food. It's, it's, you can almost be that cut and dry. If it has a food label on it, it's not food because there's no food label on the broccoli. There's no food label on the squash and on the tomatoes or on the chicken or the beef. There's no food label on any of that stuff. And people can debate and argue, say, okay, well, they take the chicken and they pump it full of salt to, you know, to, so it holds more water. And it wait, like, okay, you can argue things like that. But generally speaking, you will, you will avoid the top seven things that kill people. The top seven things Absolutely. that kill people just yeah. by just by getting you ten thousand steps a day, going to the gym a few times a week to maintain range of motion and to maintain some sort of like to bear some sort of load, to to have some sort of weight on your back so your legs need to stay strong. You know, just just that simple thing and improving your diet. You'll avoid seven out of the ten things that kill people. Um, which is crazy. It's so it's so phenomenal because, like you said, there's more money in sick people than healthy ones. 
There are scores yeah. of people going to school for specialty professions, for like doing bypasses and all sorts of surgeries, but there's just a small fraction of the percentage of the people, those people invested in in prevention. Exactly. So, and I love how Dr. David L. Katz puts it. He says it's the quality of life in years, not the years, years in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Thousand percent. What are some of the and other? And I like also. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask. No, share share your thought, and then I'll ask this question after. I, I was going to say I like Dr. Bob Martin's statement where he said, "If your body gives out and it's no longer viable, where else are you going to reside?" Yeah, yeah. Where where else are you going to so live? It's important it's to take care of your body. Out. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly. Right. I love that. I was going to say, what are some of the other myths that you find that, like, a lot of people that you talk to come up against? Like, some of the things that are holding. People believe orange juice is healthy for them. Mm. I tell them it's one of the worst things you can drink because yeah. it takes four to eight medium oranges to make one glass of orange juice, which is then enhanced with other chemicals and sugars. I ask people, would you eat four to eight oranges at one sitting? Of course, they say no, and also the orange juice does not have the fiber in it where a whole orange does. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Yeah, uh, drink your was it drink your vegetables, eat your fruits. If you really have to come find some way to navigate it, because uh, fruits has a lot of sugar, but if it's we don't really actually understand the mechanism uh, of the enzymes and the fibers, how they interact. But if you drink fruit juices, it's just like having a can of pop. But if you eat the fruit, it interacts with your biochemistry differently. And it has something to do with the enzymes in the fruit and the fiber that's in there. And we're not, we don't fully understand it, but, you know, you can get a, basically a hall pass to eat all the fruit you want in a day. When it, like if you have to, I, the accurate, we go meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, a little starch, no sugar, that that becomes your grocery list. I like to say plants and protein. So plants is fruits and vegetables and then protein, meat, eggs, dairy. If you have any personal opinions on that, you want to delve down better, deeper, that's fine. But just to keep it really simple for people, when you sit down and you go to eat and you look at your plate and you go, okay, I got some spaghetti pasta here and I got a little salad here and I got some meat, like what on this is plant? And what if this is protein source? And if it's not a plant or protein, don't eat it. It's that simple. Skip the Correct. bread. Or, Skip the bread. or a complex Skip the carbohydrate, like organic, right. short grain, brown rice, quinoa. Right. That is good. You know, lentils. Right. Uh, again, I don't want to have people think they can ignore the healthy complex carbohydrates, which are important for proper nutrition and proper balance for your body. It's interesting because people are at least in the U.S., fascinated in doing the keto diet. And I laugh because what they advocate on the keto diet is completely opposite of what a healthy diet is. Again, David L. Katz, the doctor, will tell you, based on Michael Pollan, is eat holistic foods, mostly plant-based, not too much, drink lots of pure water, and I add get adequate sleep. It's that simple, yet most yeah. of us will not do that. Yeah, 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 a thousand percent. But it's, it's, and it's, mind, it's mind-boggling because it's, how do we lose the fundamentals? It's, uh, like, how do we get so 
led astray. And part of it is the perversion of the health sciences, that a lot of them have been bought out by major corporations like Coca-Cola and Pepsi that have paid for studies. And, and, and now we've switched from, like the way science works is it's, it's often peer-reviewed, and it's not about not about making sure it's a repeatable, duplicatable process that we can verify. It's, it's, it's kind of in the states specifically, in the health sciences, it's, it's, they've been become perverted. They've really been compromised to a way that's, that's very clear because there's been no breakthroughs in, I'd say, at least the last generation for the majority of this last generation. Last 30 years, there's not really been any breakthrough that's improving that's improving our life, our quality of life and expectancy. There have been some medical technologies, sure, but I mean in terms of the health sciences, like obesity is on the rise, diabetes on the rise, uh, all the cardiovascular diseases are on the rise, cancer, right? Like we, people might be able to live longer with these things, but they're, they're getting them more and more. It's more and more prevalent. And everyone's scratching their heads around why, but people like you and I, we know the real answer. It's, there are food deserts in countries in the world. If you live in a major, major urban center, you have to beware that you don't end up in a food desert. What do we mean by a food desert? A food desert is a place where, like a desert, there's no water, there's no real food, that everywhere you're going to go, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be a fat box chain, fast food joint. You're going to, you know, it's, it's going to be a meal in a box. It's going to be some perversion of, like, from farm to your plate. Like, it's just, it's not, it's, it's going to be factory to truck to your plate. You know, it's not it's not like, oh, it was growing in the field one day and now it's on your plate or oh it was it was living on the field, you know, where the vegetables grow one day and ended up on your plate. It's like, oh, it went to a factory and then it got put in a box and then it got shipped on a boat and it's just not it's just not good for you. That's really big. I mean right now I'm on on our world in data dot org slash causes of death. Causes hyphen of hyphen death. And the number one cause of death, 17.65 million people died in 2016 from cardiovascular disease. Nine million people died from cancer. Four million people died from respiratory diseases. And three and a half million died from diabetes, blood, and endocrine diseases. Uh, three million died of lower respiratory infections. And two million and below are dementia, all these other ones. But the top one, two, three, four, five things listed there can be avoided by regular exercise and avoiding these these harmful foods. And like you said, the problem is that they've almost been weaponized to be so addictive and so tasty, right? That you, you become addicted. It's it's they've been they've been synthetically designed, like you said, to suppress appetite or sorry to increase appetite and suppress hunger chemicals, the enzymes that your body produces when you're full. You know, and they encourage overeating. And it's really simple. Just meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. That's why they call you a food junkie when you start eating junk food. Because yeah. you become a junkie addicted to the food. I'd like to also mention my friend and mentor, Dr. David Freeman, who wrote the book Food Sanity, had a great quote in this book where he said, whoever snuck the S in fast food was a marketing genius if you think about it it's really fat food not fast food ah you're right well again it's totally right and a lot of us know it but people just don't know how and so can you maybe talk about what are some easy steps to take to try to unravel yourself from the tentacles of like it would again what in a lot of countries is just widespread commonly accepted uh it's an epidemic 
Like it's like if people were drinking like uh, bleach and it was just common. And even though people were dying from it left, right, and center, you know, people just seem to accept this common practice. What do you? What are some simple steps people can take to get started? The first simple step is to reduce and eliminate soda and diet soda and fruit juices or fruit juice beverages the, and replace it with drinking pure water. Yep, yep. What, what about teas? Are teas, o- you could are do teas is, okay? Pardon? Are teas okay? Is is having a tea with no sugar or honey, is just tea, is the tea okay or should it just be water? No, green tea and herbal teas are fine. They're perfectly good. Black coffee is good. Even a coffee concoction, if you want to reduce weight, where you use a tablespoon of MCT oil, it's from coconut oil. It is not coconut oil, but it's derived from coconut oil. A quarter teaspoon of ground cinnamon and a half a teaspoon of raw honey. Mix that in a a drink for coffee, and it's delicious. The oil, the MCT oil, will help your body burn the visceral fat, that's the fat around your your belly and organs, Mm. quicker. Instead of the body going to the carbohydrates and sugars, it'll go to the fat with the oil. The cinnamon acts as a metabolism Mm. booster, and the honey has a little bit of sweetness to it, plus it has other health benefits, as long as it's the raw honey and not the processed liquid stuff. Mm. I love that. So another thing people can do is eat slower. Put your your spoon or fork down between bites. Yep. Eat a lot slower. Most people eat at their desk and watching TV or working. Before you know it, you've eaten a lot of food without realizing it. Mm-hmm. Also, watch your portions. Instead of using a dinner plate, use a salad plate. In 1910, in the U.S., the average size dinner plate was 9 inches. Today, the average size dinner plate is 12 inches. They supersized your portions without you realizing it. In restaurants, mm. the average serving plate is 13 to 15 inches. Whereas in Europe, the dinner size plate is still nine inches. So watch your portions. It's an optical illusion. If you put the exact amount of food on a dinner plate versus a salad plate, the food on the dinner plate will look less and like you're not getting as much. The food on the salad plate will look like you're getting more. And it's, again, an optical illusion to your mind. Little things like that, people may not be aware of what's being done to them, mm-hmm. which is the importance of educating people and letting them know, hey, here's what you can do that's very simple. The other thing is make sure you get adequate sleep. What they found is people who are sleep-deprived will consume an extra 500 calories per day because yep. of sleep deprivation. Yep. Drink more water. Again, watch your portions. Make sure you get proper nutritional food. A Starbucks fufu drink mix, what I call it, the grande size, not even the, the largest size, the middle size, on average will have 66 grams of sugar in it. Now, personally, so need, yeah, now personally need 50 grams of sugar for the entire day. So if you drink one of those Starbucks drinks, 
you're getting more sugar in one drink than you need for the entire day. And some people will have two or three of those in a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not healthy for you. Again, it's little things. Do you need the Starbucks? Probably not. When people say it's expensive to eat healthy, I look at them and say, how much are you spending for a fast food meal and a Starbucks? For what you're paying, you can make a meal at home that's healthier and a lot less expensive. The problem, like you hit on, people do not want to take the time to prepare a healthy meal. It's convenience. It's fast. And now, with the lack of exercise because of video games, kids aren't going outside and playing like we used to when I was younger. Now everybody's inside. They're on their phones. They're texting. They're playing games. Mm -hmm. Very little activity. Yeah. Yeah, I want to share on that a little bit because I think you hit some major points. The big one, like you said, the convenience is a huge thing. And I've got some great tips for people, which is like fruits and veggies. You can eat them raw. I smash fruit. Like I'll eat a watermelon a day sometimes for some weeks just because it's just quick and easy. I cut it in half. I use it like a bowl. Like, like you know, I, I eat to I eat just take a spoon and I eat one half. And then when I have my bowl in, that's why I put my dinner in. And I, you know, if it's tough, you can try to bulk cook stuff on the weekend. You can also even look like if you hire a cleaner, hiring someone, having them do the the prep stuff, the chopping, the cooking. If you have kids, give them some chores, right? Get them doing some stuff around the house. Get them to be a little helper. Chop the veggies and stuff. Chopped veggies always make for an easy, delicious snack. Most fruit out of the fridge is a delicious, it's such a wonderful snack. I eat a ton of dragon fruit right now because where I am in Vietnam, it's actually really cheap. Watermelon. What else do we eat a lot of? Jackfruit, pineapple. There's lots of great fruits that are out there. You just have to look and find the ones that you like, and they're reasonably priced. You know, you pay a lot more. And you can get things, uh, if you go to farmer's market, you can get deals on stuff and get bulk. You can actually make deals with farmers to have regular produce boxes delivered to your house. A lot of farmers will do that. They sometimes grow crops, and then they kind of like, almost like stocks. Everybody pays in, pitches in. And then they get a their portion, like their share of what was grown. And there's some of those you can look for as well. But just just to start buying more fruits and veggies. Don't worry if they're organic or not. And have a lot of those around the house. They're quick and easy. Like a pepper is really easy to just grab and eat raw, like a like a capis cum. They're delicious. They're great. Cucumbers are another one that are good. If you just have a little bit of dip, some dressing that you like. And then for food to prepare, one of the easiest things I've just learned about this while in Asia is hot pot which is a fantastic way to cook. It's incredibly delicious, very healthy. And all it is is you get some broth, whether it's chicken or veggie broth or beef broth, and you you either get the cubes and you add it to the water and bring the water to boil. You buy the, the, the things where it's already liquid and you add it and you boil it. And then you just add a bunch of veggies like bok choy or kale or any kind of leafy green you want, mushrooms, and a lot of the stuff like sprouts, like mung sprouts are incredible incredibly dense in protein and they're so good for you and they're so cheap they're so cheap i'm in vietnam and i mean we pay probably less for our produce here than most places but honestly if you're saying the cost of living i think 70 bucks to 100 bucks will feed three adults for a week you know and i mean it's just it's just tough. Like, how do you go, you know, a little bit of meat? It's just hot water and throw stuff in it. And you just keep throwing stuff in it and boiling it. And you just, 
you know, you put it in the fridge, you take it out again, you just kind of throw more food in it, and then you just and they they do that a ton here in Vietnam, and I I love it. It's just so and so easy. Onion, you're chopping up onions and garlic and fresh turmeric and all that. You're just throwing it in with your spices. You you just try different seasonings, and I think that that's where people get distracted. It's not really the preparation; it's the sauces. That's where people get tripped up because to cook vegetables and be delicious, typically they want to put a sauce on it. And if you're not careful, a lot of the sauces are full of sugar and salt and all that stuff you don't want. So if you just figure out some easy hacks to, like, have a sauce that's delicious, then you just need to heat up the vegetables or eat them raw. I mean, it's just – it doesn't get much simpler than that. It's just people aren't aware. It's almost, again, like a gap in the education system that no one's taught that. But, you know, we've had to prepare meals for thousands of years, <laughs> you know. And, uh, it's well, yeah, and you hit on something that is another myth. People think if they eat salads, it's healthy. A lot of salads mm. will have 1,500 to 2,500 calories because of the dressings, which are loaded with the bad fats, you know, mm. the saturated fats and uh, hydrogenated oils in there and, and who knows yep. what else they put in. It's the croutons. It's the other toppings that they add, that, you know, that makes the salad. They turn it into a healthy meal, into an unhealthy meal. Well, it's like the popcorn, other thing is what, snack, what, the stuff is what makes it bad. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing that most people forget is berries, strawberries, blueberries, mm. blackberries, raspberries are fantastic eaters. It's a snack. Whether it be fresh or frozen, a lot of yep. times if you want a frozen dessert, just take some of the berries out of the freezer and eat it with a spoon yep. or throw it in some plain Greek yogurt. It's delicious. Also, yep. nuts are very healthy as long as they're raw and unsalted. The yep. two best are almonds and walnuts. The mm. key is to only eat between 7 and 10 an entire day. So I count them out and they make it again to eat them slow. Otherwise, people tend to grab a, a handful, stuff it in their mouth, and before they know it, it's gone, then they'll grab another handful or two. So they eat too many, which has a lot of you know, calories. They have good protein and good fats. When you get too many, too much of a good thing is bad for you. Hmm. Except watermelon. Hmm. You can have as much watermelon as you want because watermelon is 90% water, and the sugar in there is a complex sugar as opposed yeah. to a simple sugar. Yeah, and it's high in fiber. It's, what is it, the G, GI and the GL, I think it is? I forget what it is. There's two types of, like, the glycemic index, which is how available, how abundant and available the sugar is. And watermelon scores high in that it has a lot of sugar, but if you eat it, it's actually a very safe fruit to eat. Because some fruits, like mangoes, are, it's almost like it's too simple. Like, again, you said you want complex sugars. Now, like mangoes, uh, fruit, but the sugar is really simple. So it's actually better to not eat a lot of mango because of that. And this is where we're getting the nuanced things. But that's why I was saying in the beginning to keep it simple, just eat plants and protein. It's just tough to go wrong. Like That's a great place to start because you're getting the fiber, you're getting all the chemicals. You mentioned the berries. I actually, I used to eat a ton of ice cream and I got rid of eating ice cream. So first thing I did is I just started smashing and that's my word for just like, oh, no, no, I'm like just gorging on fruit. And I gave myself just a free pass eat all the fruit I want, any type of fruit, as much as I want, as long as it's fruit. And one of the things, ways I got rid of ice cream was I would just blend up berries. And I, I wouldn't have add the yogurt because yogurt has a lot of sugar in it. It can have a lot of sugar. Uh, it is good for you as well. But I would just throw like a couple ice cubes and a bunch of berries 
frozen berries in a blender, like a magic bullet or something, and it just completely erased my need for ice cream. This was as good as ice cream. It was fantastic, and it was all berries. And so I also found that my berry shakes I would have at night, I would sometimes add a bit of pomegranate juice, concentrate. It's one of the few juices that you can drink the juice, and it's almost as good as eating the berries. But pomegranate juice I would add, and I found that my recovery time was expedited from workouts just because of this, because berries are really, especially blueberries and blackberries uh, and pomegranate, they're really good with helping reduce inflammation and speed the recovery process. So it's just, again, when it comes back to, it's not, it's, people say it's convenient, but it's not convenient, it's just they don't know. It's actually as convenient or more convenient and healthier and cheaper. You can buy a couple of bags of frozen berries for, for a couple of bucks, for like five bucks, and that'll give you at least five smoothies. You know, if you just add some ice cubes and whatever else you want to add to it, chop up a banana, throw a banana in there if you want. You know, and it's just, it's, it's actually cheaper. It's cheaper and it's almost more convenient because you can do it from home. You don't have to drive and spend the gas to go to like a booster juice or a Jamba juice or something to get this juice thing that the corporation has watered down. It's just really you're buying the flavoring more than you're buying the actual. They put it in there, but not like you would get at home. You know, and then you can, when you make your own stuff, you can get sneaky. Like you can put spinach in almost anything you blend up. And uh, you won't taste it, but now spinach is a fantastic leafy green to include in your foods. You won't even notice. Yeah, I love this stuff. I could talk about this for hours and days because I grew up and I was an, I was an orphan. I was adopted, but I didn't know my family medical history. So it made me very concerned because in my adopted families, I saw some of the grandparents suffered from things, and it was just a cumulative wear and tear and lifestyle choices. And I didn't know if I would have a proclivity to anything. I didn't know if I was more likely to get something than something else because I didn't know my genetic heritage. And it made me a health nut from the start. So you're preaching to the choir. And I think for anyone that this is new news to, it's just really important to get the fundamentals down. And I'm so glad you brought up sleep as well because sleep is incredibly important for maintaining your systems and how your brain resets itself. I mean, we all know if you leave a computer on for too many days in a row, it just doesn't work as well as it could. And that's the same analogy that you could use for your brain, just that restart. However you write, like the science might be more complicated than that. But I think the concept is really similar for people to get, that if they don't refresh their computer after a few days, it starts slowing down to that. And it's the same thing. If you're not getting adequate sleep, and what is adequate sleep? It's typically seven-plus hours. And it's not seven-plus hours in bed. This was a mistake that I made. Because I had an app that it was an alarm clock app, and it would wake me up over 30 minutes. So the whole premise of the app was that you never wake up feeling groggy because it would always kind of slowly walk you out of your deep sleep stages before it woke you up. But I found a way to use it and hack my life, and I could, I could function off three hours sleep. I would get three hours sleep, have this thing wake me up, because it gradually woke me up by vibrating and making soft sounds, getting louder more and more. I would wake up feeling refreshed, and I might crash in two, three hours, but I could hit the ground running, work two, three hours, and have to take a nap. And I started setting, and, you know, and I wanted to sleep healthier, and I remember I would set it to get six hours of sleep. And I got a Fitbit that had a heart rate monitor, and then I was comparing the two one day, and I, they weren't matching up. And I realized because the Fitbit started tracking based on my heart rate and movement, whereas the one on my phone was working from when I hit start to when I hit stop. And I realized even though I put it in for six hours, I wasn't actually sleeping six hours. I was only sleeping like four and a half to five hours a night. And that actually made me really terrified because your mortality rate goes up something like sevenfold if you sleep less than five hours a night. It's something like that. Like it's just not a safe, healthy thing to be doing as a, as a normal practice. And so I started researching into the sleep and, you know, it's, 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 
the struggle's real. You have to keep good habits. You have to watch your light, and you can't take stimulant, stimulants past noon. Typically, you know, you have to be careful what you're sensitive about. It really helps to have a bedtime routine of some sort. Um, I like to do some stretching or tai chi or just some breathing meditation or something, especially I like to have a hot shower before bed. That really helps. Melatonin has been touted as a safe thing for people to use, but there's lots of conflicting advice on that. And a lot of the other things, unless it's lavender, I think lemon balm maybe is also another one that helps, but it can be really sketchy. So you got to be careful that you're not going to become addicted to something or mess with your hormones. So beware of taking the supplements. Chamomile tea is a great option as well. But sleep is so important because, like we, like we just said, if you don't reset your computer, you just stop functioning. And, again, it comes back to what I said earlier about the animal, like your physical animal. It's just, it makes sense. If you were going to do, like, a derby race, you would want to have, like, a, you know, you'd want to, if you're going to be in this little kind of, like, go-kart race, you want your go-kart to have four tires. And you would want the tires to be in good condition. And you would want, like, everything in, the, like, the machinery to operate at its optimal right? Because if any of those was not at its optimal, the machine wouldn't perform properly. And that's our bodies. That's our bodies based on the food we're putting into them and the activity that we, we give them. And more movement is almost always better. Overtraining is perhaps a real thing, but so many people are so far from overtraining. It's just, it's, you just have to learn when to like lay off the gas. That's all it is. It doesn't mean stop moving. It just means lay off the gas. That's all it means. Like if you're driving too hard, you just got to lay up the gas. It doesn't mean don't go to the gym today. It means just go to the gym, but just warm up. That's it. Just do a warm up and then go home. Have an easy day, you know. Exactly. And so important. The other yeah. thing people forget is words are powerful. For example, I've been walking two and a half miles three times a week and when I record my time, I put start time and then I would put finish time. And I thought, eh, I'm not finished. So I started changing the word finish to pause instead of finish or stop. Little mm. things like that. The other thing is when people look at different types of eating habits, if you ask them why they eat a certain food, what, what they're trying to uh, derive from it, a lot of it's, you know, emotional eating. A lot of it is for various reasons for health. The one thing none of them will tell you is they're eating food for fuel for their body, to look yeah. at their body as a machine and to give it the right fuel. And that's what our food is. It's fuel. Mm. The book, If Not When, If Not Now When, it goes into the emotional, psychological, and mental aspects of eating healthier. Uh, little things, instead of saying, I need to lose weight, or I want to lose weight, or reduce weight, because when you lose something, you want to tend to find it, which is probably why most people who lose weight regain it. I like mm. to use the word reduce weight or shed weight. The other like thing that. is, ask different questions, rephrase it, put in a more positive spin on it, such as, what can I do to eat healthier? has a whole different tone than the negative aspect of it. Yeah. Of why yeah. am I not losing weight or why am I overweight? Yep. Yeah, the questions you ask yourself and the way you phrase them. I love that because the emphasis is never on cutting away. Like, I just can speak for my own personal. But I was never about not eating this. It was about eating more of that. Like, focus on adding, you know. what what Right? What Like, what, what was your question you just said? What can I... How can I eat healthier? What can I do to eat healthier? Yeah. yeah, what can I do to eat healthier? Oh, I could 
have less bags of chips in the in the house. I could buy more fruit. I could, hey, you know, I'm still going to eat what my mashed potatoes, even though I hear they're glycemic, but I'm going to have more veggies, you know, or like whatever that is. I think that's fantastic. That's a great way to approach it. This stuff is so important. Like it's it's just like I have a daughter now. At the time of this recording, is nine months, and this is stuff that I'm already like we've never had to buy baby food because we always have fruits and veggies in the round, and like. Like, I don't need to buy a jar of mashed banana. I've got a banana. Like, it, it mashes itself, you know. I have ripe papaya. I don't need a jar of mashed ripe papaya. Like, you know, we have we get lentils. What am I, like, I'm going to buy a jar of mushed lentils? Like, it's, if you have fruits and veggies around, you just kind of chew it and give it to your kid. And it's great, but it's just so shocking because I look at how I was raised and it's, you know, bless my parents, but it's just there's so much misinformation out there. And it, it again, if you could, if it's the difference between living to be 60 versus living to be 90 or 100, that's a huge difference in life expectancy. And it's just so Well, crazy. it's also the quality. Yeah, it's the yep. quality of life. I'll give you an example. Jack LaLanne lived to be in his 90s and was active and healthy and able to do incredible feats physically. Oh, Ansel yeah. Keys, who was the author of the Seven Country Study, lived to be over 100. But he was in a wheelchair for the last 10 or 15 years of his life. There was no mm. quality there. And speaking of Ansel Keys, he's the one that was paid by the sugar company to tell people that butter and fats were unhealthy and that mm. they should, or, because they didn't want to point the finger to the sugar company. They also yeah. found that the seven country study, he omitted 16 other countries that contradicted his theory. Yeah. You have I've to be careful who you're listening to in the research. Like you said, Today, the research is being bought for by these big companies to support their position, not to find out what's actually true. Yep, yep. And because a lot of it's peer-reviewed versus is it a repeatable, like, you know, is is it empirical database, it's just like a kid, it's just destroyed the health sciences where you just can't trust them. You just can't trust a lot of them, and you just have to make sure you dive deep into the research that you're reading. It's just so phenomenal. I'm, I'm just, it's, in a lot of ways, I'm pissed off about it because of, I've seen like my, my adopted mom was diabetic. My younger brother, who's um, from my adopted parents, he's gonna, be, he, if he's not diabetic, he's going to be. And I just see like it's affecting people at home, and it's, it's all in pursuit of profit. You know, it's in pursuit of profit and avoiding responsibility and just facing the facts and, and putting the onus on the, you know, buyer beware, so to speak. But, oh, we didn't forget to mention that we've been paying for the food guide, the Harvard scientists that designed the food pyramid that has been used in all the countries that thought that states had the latest and greatest and the health science, you know, and what to do. That I mean, the food pyramid, if you look at over the years, the carbohydrate section has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. The grains and stuff we're supposed to be eating. It's just, it's just ridiculous. It's just so ridiculous. And it's... Just, it is. And with the type 2... Type 2 diabetes, on the increase, what they found is if you're 55 or older, doesn't matter if you're male or female in the United States, you have an 80% probability that you're either diabetic or pre-diabetic. 80% of the population in the United States, age 55 or older, is diabetic or pre-diabetic, and it's all preventable. That's the frustrating part. Also, in the United States, 70% 70% of the people who are in the hospital are there because of food-related issues. Whoa. It's avoidable. And what I tell people is if you think it's expensive to eat healthy, how much yeah. is it going to cost you for your medical expenses? That's if right. you have a heart attack here in the United States, 
your out-of-pocket cost after insurance is $20,000. Yeah. Two-thirds of the bankruptcies filed in the United States are because of medical-related medical expenses. Wow. That I didn't know. That is huge. And this just goes back to what we've been saying. There's more money in sick people than healthy ones. And you have to understand that as much as we want, like, most of us here want to make a difference in the world, and if and when we, you know, we ever made it, we would want to give back. But there are a lot of organizations and people that are that that are here to feed on you. Like we know in the woods that the rabbit gets eaten by the wolf, and that's just part of the circle of life. But what people don't realize is that in humanity, in our societies, these these sorts of creatures also still exist. Where you get put into this medical care, you know, machine, and you're just a cog in the wheel that's feeding and and paying for all these high-priced things. When I was in Tokyo, my girlfriend at the time, she had, we were training for a marathon. She was getting some chest pains, and we didn't have health insurance, and we went and got a test. We were in the, in the office maybe 15, 20 minutes, and it was 450 bucks because we didn't have health insurance. But if we got insurance, we'd be paying like 100 bucks a month. So it was like for us over three years, we felt like we came ahead. But it's what you're saying, that there's so much money to be made Again, there's just not there's more incentive to keep people sick than to get them healthy, and the stuff is not complicated. It's eat real food. It's get off the couch and move. It's get it's you have to, you need enough just walking movement, like moving your animal, your your body, and then you need some maintenance stuff, which is like going to the gym and weightlifting and that. And if you play a sport, that's just a bonus because you want to be an active person, and more movement is typically better than less, uh, no matter what. And I just it's just this stuff is like. This should be what we kids learn in kindergarten. Like, this stuff is so paramount to, like, thriving as an animal. I just don't get it. What's your, what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? If it's used properly, it's beneficial. If it's not used properly, it's detrimental. Most people don't realize they do intermittent fasting without realizing it. There's different opinions. Some experts will say 12-hour minimum between meals is intermittent fasting. Some will say it needs to go 16 hours. Uh, the sweet spot's probably somewhere between 12 and 14 hours. Look at it this way. If you eat your last meal at, say, 6 o'clock in the evening, and then you eat breakfast at 8 o'clock in the morning, that's 14 hours. You've done an intermittent fast without realizing it. It gives your body an opportunity to process the food that you put into it and convert it to the fuel you need. So there's different studies done. Paul and Patricia Bragg advocate intermittent fasting where they'll fast one 24-hour cycle each week. Some people do it once a month. For the most part, for just proper maintenance and good health, not even for reducing weight, if you eat three hours before you go to bedtime, you're fine. The problem is most people will have dinner, sit on the couch, start snacking on pretzels, chips, whatever, and then go to sleep, right, with their bellies full of garbage, and then they get up and, and wonder why they're tired or feeling lethargic. Again, if you eat your last food three hours before you go to sleep at night, or whenever, people have different work schedules. That's why I use three hours as opposed to a specific time during the day. You'll be fine. And so the intermittent fasting is good for body maintenance and your health maintenance. If you're going to reduce weight, there's different things you can do to modify your eating behaviors and your daily routines. And the other thing is to do it gradually. 
What I ask people is, would you like to weigh 20, 30, 40 pounds lighter by this time next year? Most people say yes. Well, if you look at it this way, you lose two, three, four pounds a month. Most people say that's doable. Do that for 12 consecutive months. In a year, you're 24 to 48 pounds lighter. Or look at it this way. If you lose just one half pound per week in a year, you would have shed 26 pounds. Most people can lose a half a pound in a week if they make certain adjustments to their eating habits. Again, eat slower, eat smaller portions, eat more holistic foods, mostly plant-based, drink more water, get adequate sleep. Little things like that, it adds up. Darren Hardy and the compound effect is a great example of that. Mm -hmm. Also, Charles Duhigg in his book, The Power of Habit, gives a great example of that. It's proven if you do things gradually instead of extreme, it'll be sustainable. When I tell people about reducing weight and achieving a healthy weight, the way I phrase it is, it's like running a marathon without a finish line. It's not a sprint. You don't want to go back to your old eating habits. You want to create new habits that are enjoyable for you so that you're not feeling you're deprived. You're not feeling you're sacrificing anything or you're foregoing anything. The way I look at it is I'm making a healthy choice. So I'm not depriving Mm. myself and not sacrificing, I'm not foregoing. It's a decision, a choice to eat healthier or to avoid foods I know that are not good for me. I choose not to drink alcohol. I like a good glass of red wine now and then. I'm not saying to deprive yourself of everything all the time. I'll have a piece of chocolate cake every once in a while, but The difference is what I used to eat in one sitting will now take me three, four, five evenings to enjoy instead of all at one time. That's the difference. Mm. So that's what I like people to understand is, look, just make simple, small changes. And if you give yourself enough time, you'll see the results. What happens is people get frustrated. They don't see the they try to do you know, 12, 14, 16 pound loss that Jenny Craig and you know, Nutrisystem promises on their TV ads and they want you to eat their food, which is more chemicals than food, to reduce the weight. Again, if you stop consuming their products, the weight comes back on. You haven't changed yep. your eating habits or lifestyle. This is what we're trying to advocate and teach people. Here are things you can do based on your likes. If you dislike something, we're not going to tell you you need to eat it. Little things like that, little things like adding fresh lemon to a glass of water, really beneficial. And again, you know, with the cucumber, when people go to resorts, they see the, you know, big jars of water with ice. Right. Well, it's a special occasion or even the spas. Well, if they want you to feel special, then why not get a big container filled with water and your fruits and vegetables that you like and infuse the water. Therefore it's special every day for you. Make yourself yeah. feel special. Yeah. Yeah. That's again, it doesn't beating healthy. Isn't supposed to taste bad, right? It's not supposed to taste bad and it's not supposed to feel like punishment. I love what you said about with the fasting. Like if you eat at certain times and you minimize snacking, I'm, I like intermittent fasting. I've done it most of my life by just accidents, but I've recently been more focused about it. I, I stop eating about 8 p.m. at night, and then I skip breakfast. And then I have my first meal somewhere around noon, either before close to 11 or later close to 1. 
and it's been great. And I think that it's just this fantastic, it's a simple thing. I, I know that they proved in Ethiopia and other countries around the world that they had famines, that the no food diet is very slimming. It actually works really well at reducing weight. <laughs> um, the no food diet is very slimming. doesn't mean it's healthy, but it, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 100% effective, effectiveness. The goal is to slim and be healthy about it, right? To not, you're not trying to kill yourself. You want to, like, especially for me, I'm, I consider myself an athlete. I'm trying to put on muscle, but I don't want to apply body fat. So it's actually really important to measure your body fat percentage because that's what you want to reduce. You don't just want to lay, weigh less and lose muscle as well. And so that's something I think is also important to mention in this. Like, when you eat like David and I have been talking, you know, you want to eat like this, and if you want to slant it certain ways, you can, like your, your paleo or your zone or your whatever, that's fine. But as long as you kind of follow the guidelines that we've talked about, eating plants and protein and, right, and avoiding some of the things that, uh, like glasses of orange juice, like David talked about, things that seem healthy but are, are faux health, it's, it's false, fake news. You know, if you just follow those simple guidelines, you'll have amazing results over time. And it's just, it's, it's anyway, so with the, if you combine this with other things that you experiment with and like, you can just like every day, just one percent get better. Just one percent get better, right? And exactly. And the other thing is, with a healthy fat, a healthy fat is an avocado. It's loaded with potassium. It's great in fiber, mm. and you mm -hmm. can cut it open, take the pit out, and eat it with a spoon. Tastes great. Tastes great. Now all this stuff is great, and it turns into great compost if you're a gardener. I mean, it's just all. It's just a better. It's a more holistic way of. Of living and that's you feel better too that's the thing that I that's the thing that I wonder how they did it how they made it seem like it's supposed to be harsh and a challenge because it tastes great you feel better like I feel sick now when I eat junk food I eat sick I feel sick if I eat too much stuff because that's the stuff that's you know it's like alcoholism alcoholics don't get sick when they drink they get sick when they stop drinking and I almost feel like that's what's happened with a lot of people with food. Like now that I've got myself off of these diets, I get sick when I eat too much. But before, I, you know, like, oh, that's rabbit food. I can't eat that. But when you learn it, you're like, no, it's actually really delicious. We just went to this restaurant called the Shambhala Vegetarian Garden something, something. It was amazing. It was not cheap. And the food was so delicious. But it was all vegan. It was all vegan. And it was so delicious and so ornate. It was like food porn. Like I, I want to take photos of everything. You know, and it was just, it's, I don't know why, why people think that it's, it's got to be, you know, gross to eat healthy. It's just, it's simple. It's easy. You have more energy. It's a wonderful way to live your life. You live longer. It's just, there's nothing but good stuff. So, David, you've given so much great info on this call. I think we've had some good back and forth. I, I apologize if I've been in my soapbox too much. But this is such an important topic. That's why I asked you to come on the show because I think it's something people need to talk about more. Like, it's just fundamental. Would you like to, you know, have better relationships, make better decisions, have more energy every day, have better sex, and live longer? Yeah? Oh, okay. Well, let's have this thing. Let's have, let's have a talk about food, you know, <laughs> what you eat and exercise. And are you doing these things? It's a simple checklist. And if you're not, you might want to get on top of them because you'll get all these things. Like, it's, if you could put in a pill all the benefits from eating good food, and having good lifestyle habits, like it would be the most powerful pharmaceutical pill ever created, ever. Like because the results are so they're so fantastic. It's it's incredible because it's it's uh, that word incredible. Like it's, it's almost too hard to believe, right? It's not credible how amazing these things can affect your life. And it's just that simple. Just plants, protein, you know, and exercise, good sleep. Um, 
And it's just, it's, yeah, it's just fundamental. I just, I just want to emphasize that for everyone listening, you know, that this has been a time well spent and it's worth taking a look at your life no matter how good you think you are. Because when you ask most people, they say, oh, I, I, eat, I eat pretty good. I don't think I've ever talked to someone they're like, oh, I shovel garbage in my face all day, every day. Nobody really says that. Hmm. It's never been anyone's answer. But when you actually get them to take a, make a food diary or a food journal, you start going, well, that's not really as healthy as you thought it was, is it? And um, I think that's where it definitely helps to have someone that knows what they're doing. And, David, let's talk about that a little bit. If people are interested and they do want to have someone look over their shoulder or they do want to have someone give them an audit, uh, what are some of the ways that you would recommend? How do they reach out to you? How do they get in touch? The easiest way to get in touch with me is I'll give my email out. It's David Medansky, spelled M-E-D-A-N as Nancy, S-K-Y, at gmail.com. They can also okay. go to the website of Create. Oh, you cut out there, David. Sorry, David. For whatever reason, we had a little burp there. So the email is David Medansky, David, M-E-D-A-N-S-K-Y, at gmail.com. Or you can go to his website. Are you back? Hello? Hey, David, you there? Daryl, can you hear me? There we go. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we, we lost you right after your email. You started giving the website URL, and then it just got all jarbled. So I repeated your email, which is David Medansky, M-E-D-A-N-S-K-Y, at gmail.com. What is the web URL, once again? CreateYourThinnerSelf.com. I love that. CreateYourThinnerSelf.com. So, uh, again, Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything I didn't ask you or we didn't talk about today that we really should have? No, not that I can think of. The only thing I would ask if people are interested in the book, If Not Now, When, Reduce Weight, Create a Healthy Lifestyle in 90 Days, it's available. And I'd like to point out a quote by Lemony Snicket who said, if we wait until we're ready, we'll be waiting for the rest of our lives. In other mm. words, start now. Mm, I love that. I love that. Next year, you'll wish you started today. <laughs> exactly. At the, at the beginning of the book, I have a little thing saying, if we put off until, until tomorrow what we can do today, and tomorrow never comes, that means we will never do what needs to be done. Mm. I just think it's definitely worth it. It's just such a fundamental part of your life. It's brain fro- it cures brain frog, it cures, uh, fog, not frog. Uh, it elevates your energy levels. It helps you heal faster. It, it boosts your hormones. Like there's just not a part of your being that isn't benef- uh, positively infected, affected by having better diet and being more active. So, um, again, for those of you that are interested at this point, listen to this call maybe once, twice, three times. We gave a ton of really practical advice that you can implement now, and then it's always worthwhile to have a coach or to talk to someone or get involved in a program anytime you want to make a change to your lifestyle, your, lifestyle, your habits, your behaviors, because it, 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 you're trying to change the, the grooves you've established in your life, and it can be tough to do it on your own. So I highly encourage anybody that's interested to check, take, uh, send an email to David Medansky, M-E-D-A-N-S-K-Y.com, or, or sorry, davidmedansky at gmail.com. 
or go to createyourthinnerself.com and get in touch with David. Uh, thank you so much, David. I just value and, and appreciate you coming in here. I would love to have you back at some point in time to do a follow-up to talk about this more just because it's such a fundamental, critical part of success, whether it's athletic success, business success, relationship success, taking care of yourself. It's just the most important thing you can do. So thank you for coming and sharing with us today and reminding me of some of the ways I need to improve myself as well. Thank you, Daryl. I appreciate being on the show. And thank you so much for the opportunity to speak to your audience. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.